Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a chapter-by-chapter analysis of the Twilight Saga, starting with Twilight. Today we're going to look at Chapter 6, titled Scary Stories. Okay, so where we left off, Edward dropped Bella home after the blood type fainting spell saga that she had, and she's ready to go to the beach. (laughs) That's about it. So Bella tells us, I wasn't looking forward to Friday, and it more than lived up to my (laughs) non-expectations. Always the pessimist. And she's worried that she's going to get lots of comments about her fainting spell. And Jessica especially got a kick out of it. And Jessica's like, oh, hey, I saw you speaking to Edward Cullen. What the hell was the tea with that? And she's like, you know what? I really don't know. And Jessica seems like really annoyed with Bella. Like she seems like she's being a bit of a bitch this chapter. But for her, the worst part about Friday was that she knew that Edward wasn't going to be there. But she still hoped that he would rock up. So she's in the cafeteria and she's looking at the table where Rosalie, Alice and Jasper sit talking. And she's just, she's just staring them down. They must feel so uncomfortable. They must hate her. I can't remember. Do they hate her? I feel like I'd hate her. And she says, I couldn't stop the gloom that engulfed me as I realized I didn't know how long I would have to wait before I saw him again. Bitch, Monday. You'll see him on Monday. Today's Friday. You're going to the beach on the weekend. He said he's not going to the beach. You'll see him on Monday. That's three nights sleep. And so Lauren, one of her friends, one of her little lunchtime gal pals, starts being a bit of a bitch. And she notices that she's been getting a few unfriendly glances from Lauren. And she's like, hmm, wonder what that's all about. And then when they're walking out of the cafeteria together, she's behind her. And she says, don't know why Bella doesn't just sit with the Cullens from now on. She's muttering to Mike. And she says, I never noticed what an unpleasant nasal voice she had. And I was surprised by the malice in it. So it'd be like, do you know why Bella doesn't sit with the Cullens from now on? I think I nailed that. And, and Bella's like shocked. She's like, I didn't even know her that well. Not well enough for her to dislike me. And then Mike, Mike has a back. Mike says, she's my friend. She sits with us. And she says, Mike whispered back loyally, but also a bit territorially. That's territorial to you? Edward's dragging you up and down a car park and saying she's my friend is him 
possessing you, being territorial over you, bitch, you need to check yourself. Your priorities are all out of whack. Your perceptions are all out of whack. Poor Mike. Hashtag Team Mike. Justice for Team Mike. Poor, lovable, loyal Mike Newton. Never had a bloody shot. I'm staking my claim. Team Mike. Justice for Mike. Spread it. And then the rest of the day passes uneventfully. She goes to bed. She wakes up in the morning and she's shocked because there's an unusual brightness. She opens her eyes to see a clear yellow light streaming through the window. She couldn't believe it. She hurries to the window to check and sure enough, there was the sun. It was in the wrong place in the sky, too low, and it didn't seem to be as close as it should be, but it was definitely the sun. Meteorologist Bella. (laughs) Like, has she got moon charts, sun charts? How does she know where the sun's meant to be in the sky? And like, she can never just be happy that the sun's out. She's like, oh, it's not where it's meant to be. And like, what, is the earth off its axis? Is that what's happened? So she goes to Mike's family's shop. That's where they're all going to meet before they drive out together to La Pouche. In the parking lot, she sees Mike's Subaru. Oh no, Mike's Suburban. I'm guessing that's a car. And Tyler's Sentra. And I know we've already heard that Tyler's been back in a car, but I'm still a little bit shocked that he's bounced back from the accident so quickly. Old mate loses control on the road, almost kills a girl, has a myriad of cuts on his face, and he's just back behind the wheel. Nothing's gonna bring Tyler down. Good for him. I wish I had his confidence. So we get a rundown on who's there. There's Mike and Tyler. There's also chess club Eric. And then two boys that she's fairly sure are called Ben and Connor. Like, okay, it's been, it's been months now. Let me remind you. It's been about two months we're sitting at and she's still having troubles with the names of the people in her class. She's already told us that Forks High isn't a big school. She's made that very apparent. But not Ben and Connor. Eh, maybe you guys will have to wear a name tag for a few more months. And then there's Angela and Lauren and Jess, and then three other girls, including one she remembered falling over in gym. And that one gave her a dirty look as she got out of the truck. (laughs) How do you fall over someone in basketball? And that girl, she whispers something to Lauren and then Lauren shook out her corn silk hair and eyed her scornfully. Lauren really doesn't like Bella. I don't know where it's come from, but she hates Bella and I'm, I'm intrigued to know what her perspective is. You know how Stephanie Meyer's rewritten Twilight from the perspective of Edward now with Midnight Sun? I want her to rewrite it from the perspective of Lauren because I want to get that viewpoint. What's going on in her corn silk haired head? So she's like, it's going to be one of those days. But Mike's happy to see her and he's like, yeah, you came. What a bright light Mike is. And so Mike's like, ride in my car, um, you can have shotgun. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she's like, "Uh oh, Jess isn't going to be happy. And then she can see Jessica just staring it down. But then a few more people come and she wedges Jess in between Mike and her in the front seat of the Suburban. So crisis averted. But then she says it was only 15 miles to La Push from Fox. 15 miles. That's 20 kilometers. That'd take like 10, 12 minutes tops, right? Why are they all congregating at Mike's family's camping shop to to then organize a road trip? Like you could have all just gotten there independently. It's just up the road. 15 miles? They could have walked and gotten their steps up. Jesus. 
15 miles. So they get to La Push, first beach, after what I assume is 15 minutes tops. And she describes the scenery for a little bit. It's all very pretty. There's like cliffs, there's rocks, there's pelicans, there's an eagle floating above. All very picturesque. And then some of the boys are like, let's all go for a hike down to the tide pools. And she says it's a dilemma. Because on the one hand, she loves the tide pools. But on the other hand, whenever she went as a kid, she used to fall into them a lot. And it's not a big deal when you're seven and with your dad but it reminded her of Edward's request to not fall into the ocean. Ah, the clumsiness again. She's clumsy. Which just seems like an absurd dilemma since she's practically an adult, but that's the main character that we've just got to to live with. We've got to live with this clumsy clown. But it's quite ingenious what she does is she waits and sees what everyone else says. And so the girls, like Angela and Jessica, say they're going to stay at the beach. And then she waits until Tyler and Eric committed to staying at the beach as well. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to go for a hike. (laughs) So she just wanted to like give Tyler and Eric the slip. So she goes on the hike and she has to watch her step very carefully because obviously she's the clumsiest person in the world. She's like that. French waiter on that episode of The Simpsons that keeps falling into the rat trap trucks. (laughs) Jowder, (laughs) that one, who's just like clumsy as all hell. That's her. That's her. So then she gets to the tide pools and she's cautious not to lean too far over the little ocean ponds. They're just, they're described as little shallow pools that never completely drained. That's what she's afraid of falling into, the tiny little puddles? Surely not. And she says the others were fearless leaping over the rocks, perching precariously on the edges of the little tide pools. And I was like, you could splash through them, Bella. You're not drowning in a little tide pool. That's why your dad brought you there when you were seven. You were fine. You're safe. Sure, you'd get your shoes wet. And that's never fun. No one likes having wet socks. But, I mean... Edward told you not to fall into the ocean. I'm sure he wasn't thinking about a little puddle. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Some of the pools must be a bit bigger because then she sits down on a rock next to one of the larger pools and she's spellbound by the natural aquarium below her. So in this little pool, there's a bouquet of brilliant anemones and then there's twisted shells and crabs and starfish stuck motionless to the rocks, and then a small black eel with white racing stripes is in there as well. And I'm like, what? Did Stephanie Meyer just watch Finding Nemo before writing Twilight? Because that's ridiculous. I'm not a marine biologist, but how common is it to have an ecosystem where crabs, eels, and starfish are just chilling out together in perfect harmony in a tiny little tide pool? That can't be right. I'm like, is she at a tire pool or is she at a bloody dentist's office with, an, with a fish tank? I call bullshit. And as she's watching the wide array of sea creatures that are cohabitating, she says she is completely absorbed, except for one small part of my mind that wondered what Edward was doing and trying to imagine what he would be saying if he were here with me. So you weren't completely absorbed. You were almost completely absorbed, but you weren't completely absorbed. She's self-absorbed, but she's not completely absorbed in the poor starfish hanging out next to the eel with the white racing stripe. Do eels have racing stripes? Ridiculous. 
Eventually the boys get hungry, so they go back to the beach. And when she gets there, she realizes that the group that they left behind had multiplied and the newcomers have shining straight black hair and copper skin. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Teenagers from the reservation come to socialize. So I'm glad we got a description of their hair and skin to really drive home the fact that they're Native Americans. And in big news, one of the boys there is Jacob. Whoa, we're meeting Jacob. Now, if you haven't read the series, Jacob's kind of a big deal. So, so really keep an eye on him and Bella as these books progress. So they eat lunch, then after lunch, Everyone sort of scatters off. Some go to the tide pools, some go for a walk, some go to the shops, blah, blah, blah. She, and she finds herself sitting next to Jacob. And she says he looked 14, maybe 15, and had long glossy black hair pulled back with a rubber band at the nape of his neck. His skin was beautiful, silky, and russet colored. His eyes were dark, set deep above the high planes of his cheekbones. He still had just a hint of childish roundness left around his chin. Altogether, a very pretty face. So I'm really glad that Bella's acknowledging that other people can be attractive. It's not just pale-skinned, ochre-eyed Edward that she's into. So that's, that's really nice. Even though he is a bit young for her. But then she says, however, my positive opinion of his looks was damaged by the first words out of his mouth, which were, you're Isabella Swan, aren't you? And she sighs and she's like, it's Bella. And I'm like, excuse him for not knowing your preferred nickname. Like, isn't it more appropriate to call someone by their, their full name when you first meet them? Like, you don't know if they like going by Bella or Bell or Bells. Like, he's doing the polite thing by calling you Isabella and you need to get over it. Like, you can't expect him to know you prefer to be Bella. Far out. But anyway, they, they talk about his sisters. They bond over the truck. They're actually having like a really nice conversation. Like she's having a chat with someone that's more than just a couple of words at a time. Like this is the first time apart from Charlie and Edward that she's actually spoken to someone more than a few lines at a time. Like that's a good sign. That's promising. And they're bantering about the car and She's like, it's a great truck. And he's like, no, it's not. And she's like, well, it does great in a collision. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty good. No follow-up questions about the collision. He just laughs. And then he flashes her a brilliant smile, looking at me appreciatively in a way I was learning to recognize. As in, he's got the hots for her and she's got tickets on herself because everyone in this town has the hots for her. 
Like, the way she's described herself, she's pretty, she's pretty bland. But no, no, in Forks, she's Elle McPherson. <laughs> I probably dated myself with that reference. Um, in Forks, she's Selena Gomez. <laughs> Is that who the kids think are hot these days? <laughs> in my day, it was Elle McPherson. <laughs> so sorry, excuse me, forgive me, your honor. <laughs> yeah, so she's the Ariana Grande of Forks, let's say. Do the ki- yeah, the kids like Ariana. And then Lauren also clocks that look. And Lauren, remember, is suddenly a bitch this chapter. So she's like, oh, do you know Bella Jacob? And he's like, yeah, I've sort of known her since we both were born. And she's like, how nice. And then she's like, Bella, she's really Regina Georging it. She says, Bella, I was just saying to Tyler that it was too bad that none of the Cullens could come out today. Didn't anyone think to invite them? And then one of the other boys from the reservation, he says, you mean Dr. Carlisle Cullen's family? And it's like, oh, no, no. They mean Fred Cullen from down at the grocery store. Like, yes, of course they mean Dr. Carlisle Cullen's family. What other Cullens are there in Forks? And bitchy Lauren's like, yes, do you know them? And he shuts her down. He's like, no, nah, the Cullens don't come here. And that like intrigues Bella. She's like, what? What does he mean the Cullens don't come here? And she says his tone had implied something more as if they weren't allowed or perhaps prohibited. And Jacob tries to continue the small talk, but then Be- Bella becomes a bit manipulative. And she's like, I know, I'll, I'll bring up the Cullens again in conversation with Jacob and I'll flirt with him to get the answers. So she's using her feminine wiles. So she invites him for a walk down the beach and she says it, trying to imitate the way that Edward had of looking up from underneath his eyelashes. (laughs) Fuck me. I thought we'd go a chapter without mentioning someone looking up from their eyelashes, but we didn't. There she is looking up from her eyelashes. So she starts complimenting him by like asking how old he is. She's like, what are you, 16? And he's like, well, actually I turned 15. And she's like, what? I would have thought you were older. And like, that's her eyes, I'm assuming. And he's like, yeah, I'm tall for my age. And she's like, hmm, yeah. So anyway, back to the Cullens. <laughs> and she's like, what was, what was that guy saying about the Cullens just, just back then? And, he, and Jacob's like, oh, the Cullens. Yeah, they're not supposed to come onto the reservation. And she's like, why not? And then he looks back at her, biting his lip, which is the Bella move. So we've got Bella doing Edward's moves. We've got Jacob doing Bella's standard moves. It's a Freaky Friday situation. And he says, oops, I'm not supposed to say anything about that. Oops. (laughs) Who says oops in real life? And she's like, come on, tell me. I won't tell anyone. So Jacob says, do you like scary stories? And she says, I love them. Making an effort to smolder at him. So then they sit down and then Jacob starts laying it all out for her. So Jacob starts telling her about there's this legend that his tribe is descended from wolves and that the wolves are his brothers still and it's against tribal law to kill the wolves. And then he says that there are also stories about the cold ones. And apparently his great grandfather knew some of the cold ones and they had made a treaty to keep the cold ones off of their land. And he says the cold ones are the natural enemies of the wolf. Well, not the wolf, but the wolves that turn into men. So, werewolves. 
And she says, werewolves have enemies? And he says, only one. So he explains, the cold ones are the traditional enemies of his tribe, but the pack that came to their territory back in his great-grandfather's time was different. They weren't dangerous to the tribe. So his great-grandfather made a truce with them and said, if they promised to stay off of their lands, they wouldn't expose the cold ones to the pale faces. And then he winks at Bella, which makes me think pale faces means white people. (laughs) I love that. And Bella, always looking to defend Edward, even subconsciously, says, if they weren't dangerous, then why bother exposing them to the pale faces? And Jacob says, there's always a risk for humans to be around the cold ones, even if they're civilized. You never know when they might get too hungry to resist. He says, they claim to not hunt humans. They were supposedly able to prey on animals instead. And Bella's like, "Mm, how does that fit in with the Cullens? Just trying to keep her voice casual. She says, are they like the cold ones your great-grandfather met? And he says, no, they're the same ones. He says, there's more of them now, like a new female and a new male, but the rest are the exact same from his great-grandfather's time. And then she's like, well, what are they? What are the cold ones? And I'm like, seriously, mate, like you have to have twigged it by now. But he says, blood drinkers, your people call them vampires. And then Bella's like, gets goofbumps and looks out at the ocean. She's like, what? (laughs) And she's like, oh, you're a good storyteller. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff, huh? And then they go back to sort of normal conversation. But, but Jacob says, oh, please don't say anything to Charlie because Charlie was mad at my dad when he heard that some of us weren't going to the hospital since Dr. Cullen started working there. So they're taking this seriously, which should be enough for Bella to be like, yep, vampires. Like, Jacob pretty much said he's a vampire, right? Like where in that can, can there be confusion? She's got the backstory now about the treaty and the cold ones. She's got the V word. So she's heard vampires. She's clocked that. Plus all of her contacts with Edward not eating at lunch, Edward being pale, the eye color changing, him moving the length of four cars and like the speed of light, him stopping a truck with just his body. What more does she need? What more does she need? So then Mike interrupts them and he's like, yeah, we got to go back. And so she says to Jacob, like, when you get your license, come visit me in Forks and we can hang out. And then Jacob's like really happy. And she feels guilty knowing that she's used him. But she says she really did like Jacob. He was someone I could easily be friends with. That's great. I'm like really happy for Bella. She needs new friends because Lauren is out to get her. So it's about to rain. So she pulls up a hood as they tramp across the rocks towards the parking lot. And they get back in the car and she pretty much just ignores all her friends and zones out and tries very hard not to think. And that's the end of the chapter. No Edward this week, but we did meet Jacob, who's a very important part of the saga. Like I was more of a fan of Jacob than I was for Edward when I first read these books as as a teenager. So that was a refreshing little jaunt down memory lane for me personally. And we finally got the V word, guys. Finally. It still might be chapters and chapters before she figures it out, even with those context clues that she's been given. But we must be getting there. We must, we must, we must. But just like Bella with the weather, I'm not going to get my hopes up. 
So thank you so much for listening. And thank you to people who have written reviews and rated us on iTunes. I really appreciate that. One of them from C Diggity. That was fun. She said, such a hilarious podcast. The host's salty, sarcastic take on this saga cracks me up on my drive to work. Love it. Well, I hope you're driving safer than Tyler does. So thank you for that, C Diggity. And if you want to get in contact with me, just send me an email to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown. I'd love to hear from you. So I'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.